0: Welcome to Casting the Spotlight episode number 81. It is the first episode just between us two and fucking since 73. Longest stretch of all time. Longest stretch, yeah, yeah. Other than I guess we put out like nine episodes before we had the first guest on, but... Yeah. Yeah. uh, We never had more than four guests in a row until that chain of seven. Yeah, that was... Got a lot of people in here yeah during that time. I think it was like 16 guests in, in between that time. It's Pretty crazy. I mean, a lot of that was the chunk for WrestleMania and <clears throat> going over the results and shit, which I guess now we can go over because, yeah, you know, WrestleMania just happened and stuff. But we had, I mean, we had six guests on for that, which is well over anything we had on before. But I mean, we, we fucking went to work. There was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of interesting episodes that we, uh encourage everybody to go back and listen to oh yeah it was a lot of fun <clears throat> a lot of different kinds of conversations yeah it's always what's fun about guests is when you bring on guests you know it's kind of more about the guests then mm-hmm. and so you usually get into their interests so every episode with a guest is entirely different from the last year. yeah like the dynamic of the conversation always changes through who you're having on like And the way they interact, the way they interact with us, and the way, like, we bounce off each other always kind of changes. Even if we talk about some of the same subjects, like, you always get such different perspective Mm -hmm. from a a whole different take and, like, a whole different story. And, like, that's what's interesting is, like, when we started this, we just fucking were like, let's, like, a lot of people are podcasting. Like, this is kind of cool. Like, I wonder if we could do it. And then that's why we took a while to, to bring on the first person and stuff. Just to see if we can fill the hours and it was kinda of like the start up to the brand, you know? Yeah. To see yeah. if it was gonna it was gonna be something be viable for a little bit. Um but I uh it's crazy because as it went on, like we started to do like do it for fun, but like now that we've grown and we've grown since we've been on it, it also kind of opens up like you know, like, now there's a trail of history, like, how we thought and how we, you know, we're talking about stuff back in, like, 2019 when we first, du- you know, mm-hmm. did it. And, like, now, and it's just, like, you can honestly see the growth of the conversations and everything. Like, people ask, like, oh, what do you guys talk about? Or do you run out of things to talk about? It's, like, it gets a little bit easier as time kind of goes on yeah. in ways because you're so na- you're so in the fluency of the way it operates. and It's kind of like with anything. You know, like, the more you, you do it, the better you kind of get at it. Yeah, you like, train just, those, you know, you train, like, just those habits and everything, and you figure it out. And, like, whenever we shoot them and, like, we're always, like, on a set schedule, it keeps us sharp because we're never off air too long, even if it's seven days or nine days or, like, five, you know, between when we shoot or whatever we uh, we choose to do with the schedule. It's always, like... You know, like it always, like it always keeps it fresh. But it always, like, there's always consistent content like coming out and shit like that. To so, like the past fucking year plus, like, we've probably we put out four a month most months. Like March and October were the we put out five of them last month, <laughs> and then in October, probably the biggest powerhouse months we've ever had. Just caught the right timing. Mm-hmm. We were able to squeeze one right at the beginning and right at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we released the the WrestleMania one. Damn, we had yeah, That one was a different kind of episode because it was like yeah. on a time constraint really where it was like we have to do it now and we got to release it soon yeah. because the event's going to be right now. So short short shelf life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's it still entertaining. Kind of, it's kind of a cool idea though to think we could even do that in the future like, mm-hmm. you know, with anything too to if there's like an event or especially like a WrestleMania or something like that to be able to because WrestleMania is one of those things where it's like, as a wrestling fan, you do you get hype about WrestleMania especially, but you get like, you you all have your own predictions, I'm like, ah. oh yeah, and everybody and I, outcomes and what's gonna come of it and shit. Oh yeah, everybody <laughs> had their own take and like what was gonna happen in the future and shit. I feel like we did a pretty good job of balancing it. Um, I mean because we had never had more than three people on at a time, let alone six. Yeah. And but. We didn't have to include the segment. We went a different way with it, obviously. But it still covered, like, what, four hours and 20-something minutes? Yeah. It was a long one. Yeah, it was a long but it was so, like... But there the was a The card was so se- big. There was seven to eight different opinions to get, so Yeah, like... Yeah, that was kind of a thing where it was just like, all right, now we're this match, and then you just mm-hmm. waited for your turn in the circle, you know? <laughs> It was like, everybody kind of pitched in a couple columns yeah, for yeah. people's things, but nobody wanted, everybody, you wanted the overarching person, like, that was next yeah. to have their time. Yeah. And that was probably the way to do it, to be honest, too. That was, like, our first time, too. And, like, that's what's kind of interesting, is, like, even if we didn't have a plan when we started this up, it's interesting how it's unfolded in, like, layers and everything else, is, like, having these deep conversations, these, con- these conversations that aren't necessarily about, like, some of the content. And, like, we love it, and we talk about, like, some of the stuff, too, but just go in a completely different direction with somebody else that we have in, making the episode, whatever, like, you know, um, like, for instance, I guess, you know, my grandpa's episodes were its own trilogy within the cast, and then, like, the WrestleMania episode, which is just bringing everybody on, like, you know, like, they're they're all sort of different for, like, different reasons and shit. Yeah, it's... It it really is kind of funny if you look back at our catalog, because... Mm -hmm. there's so many things that we've talked about with various people and just with ourselves that I truly couldn't tell you what the fuck we talked about in most episodes that's what I'm saying And like you know some of these (laughs) episodes we're bound to have taken a shot or two or whatever else and it's like you know we don't always remember but I know yeah it's like it's it's such a hard question to answer when everybody like when anybody finds out that I do a podcast or something they're like oh well uh what do you guys talk about on there? I get that question all the time. It's like, group. everything, I don't know. <laughs> whatever comes <laughs> whatever up. Whatever we want to talk about. Like, why put a restra... You know, and the thing is, I just get like that there's that. certain podcasts that are generated towards certain things. Yeah, I listen to a lot of them. Yeah. And that's cool, but it's just like, ours is just kind of like a general whatever the fuck you want to talk about. When we bring yeah. a guest on, it's like, well, whatever you want to do. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, we can gear it towards our certain or certain, like, interests and whatnot, but at the same time, like, we wouldn't be doing this unless we thought we had plenty enough to talk about or we, we were at least mildly, dare I say, interesting enough to just, you know, go on, oh, this happened and this happened, you know, we're talking about our own lives or our fucking, like, whatever's going on and just our, bent to our opinions and our, like, frustrations mm-hmm. about certain things or all football season this and fucking what's going <coughs> on and wherever and, it's just kind of like, but it, that was what's kind of made the WrestleMania podcast unique is because we're like, all oh, right, we're going to dedicate all this to that. But it, was, it brought together more people than ever, and like we got to bring back Ricky, we got to bring back fucking Cody, and bring back Ethan. Like, Ethan coming on made his fourth appearance, like, ever, because he was in when we wrote him and Steven's last summer, and then he was in for two solos. So he now has the most appearances of all time you realize that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's the most seasoned guest. Well, Kyle's got three solos. Yeah, so he's technically probably had more time on air, but Ethan's been a part of more episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's probably. <coughs> but uh, they're regardless, the two of them are mm-hmm. the, the Kyle's the only one matter of, th- of the cast. He's the and, and it took Ethan a while to get there. For a while, like we didn't even have him on the first time, and then. You know, we eventually brought him on again, but then he's been on. He's been on like three times within the past fucking like eight months or nine months. Or something. Hey, he's uh, he's pretty good on it though. Yeah, yeah he's easy yeah. to. Well, we're gonna fill time like a motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, we have it was history with him. And we know him, so it's it was not a concern. whenever we fuck, yeah, we even tried to go outside for a second because I had a little too much to drink. <laughs> I I was like, well, you guys will be able to fill. That's what I'm saying, like, when we go hang out with them sometimes, and we're just all like, we're like, yeah, we come to think about it, I'm like, yeah, we, me and you and Elijah probably just, we, we just don't shut the fuck up sometimes, because it's, like, nobody else is talking, we're just like, yeah, yeah. fuck it, when you did this, <laughs> like, right after we get out of the movies or something. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah, that time, <laughs> we said it was like, <laughs> us three, like, Alexis, Gene, and Nick, it they was did. just me, you, and Ethan. Not shutting the fuck up. <laughs> we're like all spread out. But we're fucking the ones just dominating the conversation. All passionate opinions <laughs> about what happened. And nobody I else. like saw like a couple times. Like, like whoa. <laughs> it's because we were getting so into the <laughs> shit we were talking about. <laughs> We probably look like fucking madmen just standing in the lobby. Of the that's, what I, that's what I felt like on. I was like, I wanted Gene to jump into the conversation, you know, whatever. That's like, that's why. All three, we, like any of them. well, really I always feel bad. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like, oh, even on the podcast, like whenever he. Yeah. Granted, I, I'm sure he wants to wait a moment when he has the floor to, like, do it and stuff like that, whereas he probably feels like we're the hosts or whatever, we can just kind of jump in with people, which we did. But everybody sort of jumped in with each other, and that was what was interesting is, like, like, we didn't know how the fuck that was going to work. We just sat down with everybody we were like... We trusted that a like-minded sub, you know, just kind of a thing to, to go on was going to make for a pretty fucking good episode. Like, it was going to work. And honestly, it did. That's crazy, because, like, we've had episodes, you know, before with even four or five people, like, they were just fucking chaos or just something wasn't right or just whatever. And, like, they may or may not have been put up. And we're like, <laughs> okay, yeah, that didn't... That didn't fly, so... It's like... You just get the right people together, and it just makes sense. Because, like, look at the, the seamless ones, like, Jeanette and, uh, James, or, like, Alex and Mitchell. Like, those were fucking seamless dual, you know, episodes. It really just honestly de- depends on the chemistry, I feel like, you have on air. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it also is, like, the vibe of whatever the situation is, you know? Like, even, like, Gene, for example, like, he's... We know him, so we, like, get him. Yeah. And we know that he has generally pretty, like, thorough, intelligent takes on things, mm. but he's not gonna outwardly express them unless you turn the for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's people like that, too. Or man, like, like, it was just a few of us together as opposed to a room of people. Yeah. Because that always changes the dynamic. Doesn't mean anybody necessarily... Even then, even if there's just three of us, me and you... Could dominate the conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think we did. But no, honestly, it was really cool because we got, you know, Ricky was who we came back with when we went on this fucking tear this last year plus of, like, consistent episodes. He was, like, our first guest back on 36. And it was, like, it was cool to bring him back, bring mm-hmm. Gene back since October, bring Ethan back again. Fucking, making his, that, but yeah, that made history. History, our whole wrestling crowd that was here mm-hmm. and able to work friends and shit and they were all heavily passionate about it and everything else. Yeah. Colton and Alex and Cody and Cody had been on sixty nine, so he's kinda made two milestones in a way. Yeah. Now. <laughs> fucking uh, and that was a pretty quick turnover too for him. But that was that was that was a lot of fun, honestly. Getting to do something like that. That's good time. Um and, you know, dare I say, you know, magical fucking awesome things await, episode eighty two. And so forth, and uh, everybody will be seeing that pretty soon. Yeah. But yeah, we just, I don't know, just wanted to go over some of the some of the shit that's happened. It was I mean, I guess we had Framen, we had Andy in again, we had Evan in again, like Jesus Christ. Yeah, we had some powerhouse episodes. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. Oh, the 70s, man. We fucking rocked them. Yep. Uh, Our 70s were good. <laughs> we lived them. We did them. We rocked them. <laughs> But uh, well, where should we go from here? When should we should we start the segment? Yeah, we can. I mean, that'll lead to whatever else, anyways. So. Right? Yeah, pretty much. You want me to go first? Yeah, that's fine. Well, we might as well just uh, go right back into it because the day after WrestleMania, WWE was purchased by Endeavor, which merged the WWE and the UFC into. Like a mega combat sports entertainment company. And Vince, who had previously said, I'm going to loosen my reins on creative and let Triple H kind of take over. Apparently ran the ship again on Monday Night Raw. So, it's your take on Vince running creative? Oh, man. <laughs> Vince now overrated. Yeah, I mean, there's undeniably Vince did some fantastic stuff. I he's mean, he's still a very successful, very questionable businessman. Yeah, let's be frank. Like, Vince is yeah he's a, he's an intelligent businessman. Like he knows he knew how to turn one how to turn his wrestling company into something that became a national treasure, and then two how to turn the national treasure into something that was global. So, like, he's... He's did really well for the company. But, like, creative-wise, recently... It felt like once Triple H took over, like... Early summer, 2022, like, fully took over... Things went on, like, a major upswing. And now... I'm just like... Man, I hope to God... That he doesn't continue to keep friends Because it's not like I'm like... A, like, I'm not like a pure Vince McMahon, like, fucking hater. But I'm like... Bro, you had your time. You did your shit. Your company's successful as fuck. You're an old man now. Mm-hmm. You know Triple H can do what he can do. And honestly... I don't necessarily. He knows experience with, with the business. Triple H was a wrestler forever. Yeah, right? I don't, I think Triple H should be head of creative, and I think Vince should deal with maybe like the business aspect. Yeah, you can of, do more exactly he can be more He can be like the shit. overarching, the chairman, the, the, the powers. powers. Yeah, and that's the thing: making deals with companies and getting sponsors. You know, all that kind of shit. And he's always been good at that. But it's like you're, you are. He like he's getting a little up there to be dealing with all the aspects of the inners of the business too. You gotta have a fresh fucking mind doing that. And Triple H was a wrestler; he gets it. Yeah, his time, he knows his the work, business. His work in UFC was fucking incredible, or UFC in <laughs> um, uh, NXT and everything. Yeah. Like, the the shit that he made. Yeah, he like that's the thing too. And the roster generally seemed happy with Triple H, like they like you didn't hear about as much complaints. Like Vince took over one Raw. And there's already I've seen multiple articles and sources of like multiple people reportedly like questioning about asking for the release if Vince <laughs> continues to run creative, <laughs> or the people that were like Love. they're like this is the worst draw of all time. Yeah, which I think that was a little bit of an overstep, but. It, like I can see yeah. it being a disappointment for the Raw after Mania because there's so yeah. much hype for the Raw after Mania, and that's what I think it was. But I mean, it still presented a lot of the people that just competed at Mania mm-hmm. and showed them again on Raw. It, not a lot. Not all of them had matches because you can't fucking expect all these people that just went through wars to have matches, you know? Yeah. Like Edge and Finn weren't even on the show. Cause they had that hell in a cell and shit, and it makes sense to run them off TV after like a match like that, yeah. and just and you know they'll both be back anyway. But like a lot of most everybody else I can think of off the top of my head that is a Raw person and was at WrestleMania was pretty much on the card, in one way or another, whether it was just a promo or. So I mean, in that aspect, I don't think they failed. It was just apparently hours before the show Vince freaking had multiple rewrites of the original script and they like fucked up a couple of things like there was a couple of spots that got taken out or some things got slimmed down some things got more time Or, I, like it's Triple H man I would just be fucking frustrated at this point I'd be like when are you ever gonna fucking just let it go man <laughs> you like, give me the reins for, like, eight months, and now you want him back. <laughs> How is this even, like, a converse? Like, I don't even understand, like, what the dynamic must be like between them. For this, I know, that's what I think, to be, too. Is there is it cutthroat? Are they, like, is Triple H frustrated with him, or is he just like, hey, it's your company? You know? Like, yeah. I don't, I really don't know... I, I just don't understand why they would do that. I mean, he wanted to be a part of it with this merger and everything and still have a position. That's my only hope, is that he's only doing it right at this merger to kind of, like, mm. easing him into the transition. Yeah. And then maybe he'll loosen back up and go be chairman again and deal with the other business side of the shit. But... Like that's, that's the only thing that I can possibly think Because why would he I mean I know a couple months ago too He said like Oh I think I got bad information And I should have just Wrote out the storm And not stepped down And all this shit And it's like no If you listen to the fucking fans You should have stepped down seven years ago Yeah No <laughs> like, shit Nobody's happy about this. Your fucking talent isn't happy about this. The fans aren't happy about this. You look like fucking Walt Disney. Just let it go. And he like <laughs> dyed his hair black and like fucking painted his mustache black. Or he grew a mustache and fucking painted it black. Cause it's like, <laughs> you never had a mustache. No. Like, what the fuck? Did, <laughs> and he like thinned it out. Just, yeah, it looks what fucking What is why? Weird. Like, what is it? I wanted to reinvent myself, pal. Why? (laughs) He's seventy-seven. What do you need? Fucking relax in your recliner and read a damn book, like most seventy-seven-year-olds. Enjoy life. You don't gotta be the fucking man anymore. Yeah, no, he had his time. He was a wrestler. I mean, well, he wrestled matches, I should say. Yeah, he certainly wasn't a wrestler. Um, he fucking got he he got hurt or hurt people in most of his matches yeah (laughs) so gold fucked him up a few times what are you gonna say if you get hurt by Vince McMahon like that's your fucking boss that's the business you can't really get angry he could be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing stepping in the ring? It's always kind of interesting, like, the, the fact that he decided to get in the ring as, like, an involved talent, like, sometimes, and sell the whole story. Like, because he just understood that it was going to sell money, like, you know, Stone Cold, like, <laughs> to speed the shit out of him. It made sense, too, that he did it in the era he did, because they were in a war and all this shit. Yeah. He's like, oh, I gotta get in there. And Bischoff was on TV, too. Get kicked. Yeah. Yeah, Bischoff did his shit. They were both just, like, ultimate fucking heels. hmm And they were, like, running the shit. That was great, though. Yeah. The wars. But, yeah, now Vince... Here's the thing. That Vince and this Vince, not the same. You know what I mean? That's no, what he I'm was thinking. tapped into like, <clears throat> it, into what they wanted at the time. But he was also, like, more youthful. And he was younger. And his mind was in a different place. It's like, dude... And it's, like, that's the thing. Now I feel like Vince is just out of touch in a way. Like, he's just so, like, he has been. He's so much older now that it's just like, man, you don't, either you don't know what the people want, or you just don't give a fuck and you're going to push what you want regardless. And it's just like, how is that good for business, though? You know? (laughs) It's what's best for business. It's. (sighs) Like this, man. This here. Who the fuck is this guy? Who in the fuck (laughs) is this guy? (laughs) (laughs) He looks way different. Vince McMahon, he wants to just, he wanted to reinvent himself, pal. That's the thing that I've realized too about people that are excessively rich, like billionaires and shit, none of them just age gracefully. They all fucking age and look weird as fuck when they're old. They all just—they don't want to let it go. They think that they can still. Well, I'm gonna look forty. It's like no. It's like the Bill Burr skit. You just look fucking scary. Yeah, you look he's tired. Like, yeah, he's like, he's like, would I rather? Would you rather be fifty-two and look fifty-two, or be fifty-two and look like a twenty-eight-year-old lizard? <laughs> He's like, accept it. You didn't. He's like, accept it. You're fifty two. You didn't get fucked. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of true though. It's like he's like, dude. (laughs) All these billionaires, they get old and they fucking weird. He's like, talking about how. He's like, I just got a facelift. You look great. You look great. He's like, no, you look fucking weird. (laughs) <laughs> you like you look like you're a number between 52 and 53 only I've never seen that number before and there's yeah like yeah there's things you can do to quote unquote all oh, make you look younger well like, like even if you take care of your skin you can look more much younger if your skin's already fucked yeah and you wanna fucking try to look young again you're just gonna end up looking crazy oh yeah <laughs> I do He wanted to reinvent himself though. He, you know, that was it. This is my new era. I fucking hope not. <laughs> if your new era is sitting at the front desk and not fucking touching creative, yeah. then I'm fine with it. <laughs> if he wants to be the figurehead, that's whatever, but like we need yeah, somebody we else. Stay as we the need head somebody else's company. Pulling the strings, you know. Triple H and Stephanie, they were doing just fine, man. Yeah. They were doing just fine. There was no need. Plus Triple H brought a lot of talent back that was willing to come back after Vince fucking let him go because he wasn't running creative anymore. Now they're all their fucking future's in jeopardy. And who knows how long Vince is gonna stay in control. Triple H is just fucking riding out in the storm. I heard Stephanie's like debating on just fucking leaving for now. Really? It's like if your own daughter's debating on leaving, how it can be a good situation then to be honest. Or that, or they just don't want to speak up because that's her dad, that's his father-in-law, and he's just like, fuck. Thank God, dude, Shane came in just in time. He had the night bef- at WrestleMania, that was the last night Vince wasn't in control. <laughs> Vince took control over night two of WrestleMania, because apparently that's when all those executives were there. Like, all the Endeavor people were at night two. And... If Vince would have took it over that day, dude, Shane would have walked in the door and like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> still pissed. at him. <laughs> fucking. That's literally. fucking crazy that that even happened. He he just like came in dancing. I'm ready to win, Dad. He's like 52. Literally, he's just the problem child. I fucking love Shane. No, love Shane, it. he put on some fucking excellent performances. That's for sure. I uh, very controversially put him in my top 25 favorite performing wrestlers of all time Dude, Shane was he was, the, he was the Mac man he was the Shane Mac His shit was just always entertaining too anytime he had a match it was gonna be fucking entertaining and he was going to do some shit that he did not need to do as the boss's son of the company no Vince <laughs> McMahon pissed himself on TV he didn't have to do that but he, but he fucking did to get ratings up. Well, that's the thing. Vince but he would did. do absolutely anything to get ratings up. Yeah. He debated on a storyline when Triple H and Stephanie were pregnant with one of their children that he was the father. Yeah, it's fucked. For, For ratings. ratings. The man w- has no fucking shame. He really doesn't. But it, his era, man, it's just, it's not, past. not here anymore. Uh, no, I would, I would say him and his head of creative, especially nowadays, like, we were talking about this, like, it needed to go in 2013, now, it's fucking, it's two thousand Yeah, literally, as soon as they debuted The Authority, with fucking Triple H and Stephanie, where I go, oh shit, it's gonna be the changing in the guard soon, mm-hmm. and that was 10 years ago. <laughs> he like, Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say overrated at this point, but, I mean, Vince, obviously, the business would be what it is, and he most certainly had some fucking tremendous ideas along the whole way, but now we've just gotten to a point where he needs to be in a more reserved rule. Like, if there's something, like, if he wants to really change something, or if he, you know, maybe, like, you know, to an extent, like, I don't know if he should have some sort of say-so or not, but he can handle, like, the business aspect of things because he is where he is now, and, like, he's... Mm -hmm you know what I'm saying, like, maybe he doesn't need to handle the nit and grit of it, it's like, you don't have to have your handle on everything, it's like, just, you know, be That's the, the be the, be the man moving the pawns at the bottom, like, literally yeah. just moving, just doing what you gotta fucking do to run the yeah, your still in charge of shit, yeah, but he just doesn't wanna, like, loosen his grip on his creation, you yeah. know, and like, he's even selling it and everything else, and it's like, dude... Like so, that makes WrestleMania the last event that was owned by a private, you know, by the family-owned business. Yeah. Um, technically, it's so. crazy. Yeah. I mean, I guess they already had deals worked out for a lot of the shit already. That's going to be taking place. Like a lot of the places they're going for the pay-per-views and all the shit. So it's not like Endeavor's really controlling. The next no, they said year nothing would, would change on the business side. Isn't that what Triple H said? yeah I, I believe so he came out on Raw and said something about like I know there's gonna be some changes around here, but I promise you things are gonna stay the same. we're not going anywhere, and all this stuff and I was kinda like, oh, I don't really like know what the changes the only changes I could possibly see would be the fact that u f c might get more character driven mm-hmm. with their people, their, a lot of their fighters, like they might all start having a little more like personality-wise, and basically cutting promos at their weigh-ins and shit. I might just drop mine in now then as well. My good, the bed, the shits. Um, I was just gonna say, like company mergers in general, like there's some either a company consumes another, or you know just kind of like a think of sort of you know more like a deal middle yeah. kind, of, kind of situation because sometimes brands you know and love when they get rebranded or when they get bought out or when they merge or whatever like they start to lose their identity mm-hmm. and it's something that people love and they're attached to so it's like a lot of times it's important I feel like to retain that because that's something that people already know so it's like yeah you know it's that's that's almost like the right move to like own them but still present them like they're their own thing still you know what I mean Because then nothing changes about the brand that people are attached to, or, you know, on the outside, at least. Um, But, I don't know. Yeah, company mergers in general, and, like, buyouts. That was mine. Because, also, we've seen companies buy a lot of shit. Like, Amazon's bought a lot of people. I mean, mean, Vince bought WCW, you know? Yeah, Vince bought, bought ECW. He bought out a lot of the shit. He bought yeah. He basically killed the territory shit. He did. And then just bought everything around him eventually. But I don't know, cause there's like There's two sides of the coin, because like if it's like a a deal, like a partnership deal where they're like combining companies for something, like this WWE UFC merger, like that could lead to a positive mm-hmm. potentially they could work together things could get a little better but if it's just like a buyout deal generally that's not good because a lot of the times it's kind of just the whole mega conglomerate companies fucking just capitalizing like, on everything it, they just eat them alive yeah. and like they just become the, the mega power of everything and yeah. then nothing else is left So, in that aspect, like, the whole Amazon shit, like, anything when it comes to, like, food products, like, fucking, uh, Nestle owns a fuckload of things, Mm -hmm. Kellogg's owns a fuckload of things, because it's like, they just bought out everything. So, now there's no choices, it's just what you got. I know, it isn't a monopoly supposed to be illegal, like, I feel like people still buy all kinds of shit up. Yeah, monopolizing shit is... Very prevalent in business, it seems like. so, like, Especially corporation-wise. Like, once a corporation takes off and starts kind of eating up the other companies anyways, it's just going to lead to bad. Because, like, you just know it's a matter of time then. Once you get one company that's fucking just on the rise, on the rise, on the rise, and they're just... just taking little chunks out of all the other companies and mm-hmm. lowering and all of them, you're like, eventually they're just going to fucking take all these companies. Yeah. And become the only thing. Which, yeah, see, I don't, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if a lot of their intention is ever to, you know, you see how that's work with Vince or just whoever else too, is like, you don't, you don't really see them. And maybe at first they'll be like, oh, this is still the company, but eventually they always just eat them up and they're like, you know, this is our shit. Like, does they own them. Yeah. Like, they're, you know... Um, or even whenever... Even whenever, uh... WCW and, like, Time Warner and AOL and all that shit that Berger happened, like, they just came in... And even though WCW, the product, was in the shitter, pretty much, they still were just trying to run, but AOL and Time Warner, like, they just were, like... Ratings were not good, also, but... They were just, like, ah, like, Ted fucking was in less of a position of power and he didn't have as much say so anymore. And they were like, well, yeah, we just, uh, we don't want to do wrestling anymore. Like, they just didn't fucking re-sign a deal. Like, they just didn't want it. so it's just like, well, fuck, like, the whole company's going to go away if you don't put any money into it. Yeah. If you want to get rid of their spot, it's like, then they have no fucking product. So, I mean, that's pretty much why they sold the Vince because it was pretty much, that was it. It was a nail in the coffin. But, the, <laughs> The product was not going well. There was no way they were going to overtake Vince by then. It was oh, it was two thousand. It was 01. W like WWF was fucking killing it, and there was just no stopping like the product from being better. At that point, yeah, because mm-hmm. WCW's product just was going down and down. Oh yeah, from like ninety eight or nine on, it was just like yeah, yeah ninety eight. still had a lot of fire shit. WCW, it did, it did. 97, 98 had some great shit still. 99 still had some good stuff too, but yeah, it started to kind of go the other direction, generally speaking. You kind of started feeling the shift that year. Yeah, I don't... That's the thing, like, this Endeavor shit could be good. I, But I do feel like it's... The only difference is now... Yeah. <laughs> that dude needs to get his nails clipped. <laughs> I mean, I'm provoking it, <laughs> but is yeah that UFC's fighters are probably gonna start getting more creatively driven and kind of like cutting their own promos, basically, and getting characters and being ridiculous, which is gonna be hilarious. Can you imagine like? All these post-fight interviews with Joe Rogan, these guys are just going to be cutting promos and their shit. <laughs> and I, like, that's what I was just told the other day. I'm like, one of the Rockies are just, he was, like, young as fuck, but he's just in the back. He's like, and I'm going to take him and shut up that candy ass <laughs> <laughs> all over. Like, he would just, he would, like, hype the match up and see what he was going to do. It was just, like, exciting. You're like, oh, my God. Yeah. It was so interviews. funny that he was that young though and he was saying all this shit <laughs> about what he was gonna do in the fucking He did, he whooped some ass though in the ring. Dude, some of his promos were like the most legendary of all time. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> you can talk about chuffing oh, up things great love bro. asses. <laughs> I don't really give a damn. <laughs> 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 I could see this also leading, though, to a lot more UFC people re- when they retire from UFC coming to WWE. Oh, yeah, this is going to make it grounds for that. Like, I don't know what this is going to look like in five years, you know? It's going to lead to that, for sure. Which, in a way, probably isn't good for all these independent wrestlers who are trying to make a name for themselves. Because, like, now... Pick one's gonna be this retired UFC veteran who already has an established name and people know. You know? It's like, fucking people don't know Hurricane Bob. No. Fucking people know Colby Covington. So it's like, (laughs) they're gonna sign the names that are probably gonna draw viewers in because they already have an established name with the public instead of drawing the dude wrestling at the Knights of Columbus Hall. That's less spots, yeah, than fucking, you know, WWE performers, like, typically have, if, like, UFC guys make it over, and are successful yeah. enough to do it, it's kind of like, you're a shoe, you're like, and not to say that those people don't work hard, and but that wasn't Also, derogatory. I love Brock, and I love Ronda, so I can't shit on it too hard. No, no, it's no, like, well, but Brock was a wrestler before his UFC, yeah, too. But when he came back, he basically wasn't a wrestler. He was just a fucking killer, who, yeah, Went through people around the ring. (laughs) Like. That's basically his his gimmick now. He just comes in and wrecks shit. (laughs) Yeah. Overall though. I would say company mergers are overrated. Probably. Like. I think there's a lot of negative that comes in general from it. Because a lot of times, company mergers aren't because both companies are in agreement over it. It's because the one company's like, I can no longer fucking compete. Mm-hmm. And I have to get bought out now because I'm losing money. You know? Well, they always act like, they're like, no, the brand you love is going to survive. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, it's like you're going to eat it within a year. And it's just all going to be yeah. part of your shit. Like, your arsenal of, like, it's, you know, it's going to be your sh- Like, that's yours. That's it it's you know so I don't know monopolizing things just kind of happens I feel like like that yeah with competition but competition is good for business at the same time if like they're competitive yeah I mean, but it's like when's the last time you've seen like a Kmart so you know what I mean? they fucking lost <laughs> you know yeah big time yeah it's I don't know like it it just it competition is good because it does make all the participating parties generally put the most effort in mm-hmm. that they can and it and it makes her a money. better product of whatever they're trying to sell, but yeah, when it comes to like a company finding a way like just having smart business people on their fucking side and finding a way to basically over market their shit over anybody else's and or just make their shit the most easy and convenient thing that it kind of just because it goes back really to the whole like killing of the mom and pop shop thing like yeah well star wars was owned by george lucas sold to disney yeah marvel i don't know how exactly marvel worked, but eventually disney bought marvel it was you know, like yeah, Stan Lee's creation. Yeah, well, well, it was, it was, but I don't know how he, I don't know how all those business side of things went because he what he certainly didn't like fund all the movies. Or yeah, anything. eventually he got bought by Disney, but um, I mean. At first, when it was just, it was like, his, him and comic books. Oh, and yeah. And, like, an yeah. Yeah. Before they ever shit. got brought to live action. And then I'm sure it got bought by, like, Warner Brothers to produce all the television shows. Yeah, so basically, company mergers slash buyouts, I guess you could... I mean, the thing is, I mean for things it'll, like it'll, that... It'll, right? like, never not happen, just eventually, because somebody... Here, it's, here's the thing, too. It's not even always, like, oh, we gave up, we lost the war kind of thing. It's, sometimes it's, you're going to pay us what amount of money yeah. for our business? That's what I mean, with Stan Lee, it was probably that, because think about, it. like, when Warner Brothers was, like, came to him and said, Hey, we're gonna, we'd like to partner with you and create these animated shows and shit. Yeah. All that was gonna do was bring more money in his pocket, because it's yeah. not like he was losing and his creation. he was always going to be credited yeah. with the creation of these yeah. characters. So it was like, you don't lose your, you might not be running everything from the top, but... You don't also, have, it's like, also part of this money is for creating these characters and sitting on your ass, like, you did all the work, man. We'll just fucking yeah. take it from here, kind of thing. There's a Although, lot of times where it would be like, it I would can't be, deny that. Is the creator, too, though, you would hate to see your creation misused. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? That's why you see, like, I've heard multiple times of, like, really uh, artistically driven, like, authors and shit. Mm hmm will go to like movie sets of if their book is being adapted to film and they're just like they can't watch it because they're like this is not what I envisioned you know but it's like that's the thing with turning a book to a movie or something Mm -hmm. like that it's like everybody pictures a different thing in their head when they read the shit Yeah. so the author I'm sure has a different vision than the fucking studio and the director when they turn it into a movie well they're gonna sell it like, something they can sell and not necessarily what the, you know, would make for the, like, maybe, not necessarily what would make for the most honest art piece. They're going to go for what's, oh, well, what's Hollywood fucking, what is this going to look like? Yeah. What's going to sell the tickets? Yeah. So, like, there's, that's what I'm saying, going back to creative versus business decisions. And that's what's interesting, is because, like, that's sometimes how I've defined, like, you know, myself and, like, the, the way I think sometimes, like, business and creative. But it's, like, it's fucking, uh, you have to make, like, if, like you know, th- like, inevitably, like, there's compromises, like, made a lot of the times. Like, the, you know, the quality might suffer, like, the quality might suffer if, like, oh, you know, now we've got all this money funded. Like, this big ass company owns this thing, so it's well to do for the future. But it's like, okay, but how is the quality? Is it going to be true to the artwork or true to the initial vision? Or is it going to just be whatever the fuck you guys want? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the scary thing about a merger or a buyout or whatever, is it just going to disappear and it be nothing like what it was because now it's under somebody else's control? Or is it going to still be, you know, what you initially bought it as? Because that's the problem is like it's – I thought this was kind of an interesting one because of that merger anyway, but also like because it – sometimes it goes good and sometimes they're like well, we're going to keep a bigger brand that can stay the test of time buys a family-owned brand. And that's what we've seen over and over. Yeah. Or like George Lucas, that was his creation, and he's just like, well, who can take this to the future, like, and do something with it? Disney—they've been around for fucking ever. And like, I'm not saying yeah, it was a television bad deal television shows have been fire. So and I'm, yeah, and I'm not saying it was a bad deal um, by any means because it's the like, movies. He got paid <laughs> more for that than ever Star Wars was worth before that. You know, and like, and and it was worth like every bit of that. But Disney put probably a billion or more, a couple billion, maybe more, on top of that. Just for, the whole, just for the whole fucking thing. And so he's like, and that's what I'm saying. It's not always competition. Oh, we lost. We're going to buy you out. And I'm not saying you said that. Um, but sometimes it's literally like, you're going to pay me what for the thing I created? Like way more than you've ever imagined. They're like, yeah, we're going to give you $5 billion for it. And you're like, all right. <laughs> you sign your rights away and shit. But that's the problem is like, it needs to retain its own identity. At the same time, at the same time, like it or not, even if some of these people get old that are selling their businesses and shit, you agreed to fucking sell it. You wanted to do it. You could have held it and you could have given it to your family or whatever if you had trusted him. I'm not saying it. circumstances but are I different. mean, if you're not making any fucking money on yeah, this shit yeah. and he wanted you're it to, have, to lose it and this company's just fucking yeah, overpowering you, it's like, what are you going to do? You yeah. Know? And so sometimes it's just as simple as, like, hey, we're going to give you credit for, you know, creating this thing, doing this thing. And then sometimes, you know, it's. I think he saw that it was going to live on because Disney yeah. was such a, an everlasting brand and fucking just, you know, premiere. Yeah, it's not like a single creator. That's yeah, it, it, it was. It's, it's had a life it's that's fucking insane and, like, they continuously make... Ins- yeah, they're like, like just- a whole fucking entertainment conglomerate at this point they're just they have so many people on their creative department but the thing is you know whenever you whenever you handle that on the side of business things the creative aspect over here could or could not suffer it could be made better but sometimes Mm -hmm. if the people you sell it to don't have the same vision as you it can suffer because it fails to retain what it's like and that's why this is kind of interesting Uh, I feel like topic Um, for it, because it's, like, I can see it, or if you're going to guys sign it away, it's like, yeah, but, like, of course you'd want to sign for a fuckload of money, but, like, at the same time, how much do you appreciate your vision and what you created, like, are you willing to just give up your rights to it, or not, or, I mean, if the deal's right, sometimes, like, the Vince McMahon thing, or, like, George Lucas, like, they'll be like, oh, fuck, like, you are the creator, so as a sign of respect, like, we'll sell it to you, and you can still come in and be ahead sure. of this shit and that shit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um which is cool. But if you're not the owner, it's hard to imagine them giving you more than what they think your say so should be. Yeah, you know what I mean? Cuz then they're going to be like, "No, this is my Yeah, it's like uh, my thing. Yeah. I mean, so I fucking paid for it. At the same time, all the people that created their shit, um, I mean, I appreciate it especially. That's why that. you got to read the fine print on those fucking deals. 100%. You know what I mean? It's like are you still going to be able to have your hands in this? Or is it going to be once you sign this contract, it's their shit now? Yeah. And even if even if they're like, yeah, we're not going to make any more, or they're too old or whatever, it's just like, but you still agreed to fucking do it. So it's like you often hear like people sell, and they're like, oh, it went to shit since they got sold to whoever. Yeah. It's like, like it or not, it's like even if you didn't have a plan for the future because you're, you are 70, 75, whatever, it's like... If you sold it, you fucking did it. Like, that's that's what you did. Like, don't fucking misconstrue it. And I do get it in certain aspects and times, too, with creators of things, if they are getting old and they don't have... I mean, you want to have a life. family or something, or yeah. kids or whatever, where they're like, well, I don't want my shit to just go by the wayside when I'm gone, so I gotta carry it on and, you know, mm-hmm. make a deal with someone, but... At the same time, it's you want to really make sure you're making a deal with someone that's going to honor the name of the shit that you made, you yeah. know, instead of... 100%. That's what's interesting. Right. the fuck they're going to turn it into. We're in a weird place. Like, we're in a place of, like, a lot of individual... Like, everybody's got their own brand and podcast and social influence and this and that. And at the same time, we've still got, like, brands and huge fucking... hugely marketed companies... Yeah. ...buying a lot of the other shit. It's It's like we're in a very... Yeah, everybody's independently creating things, but like mega corporations, super PACs, and shit are just taking mm-hmm. over everything. We're, we're in like a, dyna- a weird dynamic, and same thing. We're in, it could not be worse in terms of instant gratification and how frustrated we get whenever something lags or just yeah. for a second. At the same time, because our technology's just fucking the, fantastic. At the same time, podcasts are more popular than ever. Oh, yeah. And it's just a few people having a conversation. And it's just like you we wanna go it's like a modern, But at the same time we we really appreciate more than ever something like that. So it's like It's like the modern take on a radio show. And I think it's because like life is so fucking like right at your fingertips, hectic, go, go, go shit all the time. hmm It seems like modernly nowadays, like things are much more sped up like oh you gotta do this this things are right at your hands that you gotta get shit done all the time but like podcasts are almost like a a chill escape you can just listen to other people talk about shit you're interested in and you don't even have to talk yeah you know (laughs) well and with that comes unique perspective and things you wouldn't have thought about you're like oh fuck like that's something like and it changes your you know your perception you get to hear more people's takes on things than you would ever get to Uh hear Originally. Which opens your eyes to more things, for sure. Oh, yeah. Do you want to roll under a break before we start our next topic? Uh, yeah, why not? Let's do that and give it the old break. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Stick with us. Gentlemen, we have returned with more The Good, The Bad, and The Shits on this 81st edition of Casting the Spotlight. Hell yeah. Hopefully everybody's doing well out there. After us releasing some fucking banger episodes, following it up tonight with a uh, reconjoining of just the two co-hosts, we fucking tear it up up in here. Goddamn. Well, since we... uh. Kind of let off with the NWO theme, anyways. Might as well jump into some WrestleMania. Fucking might as well. It was a crazy weekend. So, let's just go right for the fucking throat. Just think about Roman going over. (coughs) (laughs) Well, it was, I mean,. The assumption would be, after all this time, Cody comes back to finish the story. He wins the belt at WrestleMania, has this glorious moment, takes the belt from Roman. But between that and like the merger and like a lot of the things that are going on now, as the days have progressed, it's like if kind of we were saying off air, it makes it, it makes me feel like I'm starting to understand it better because they want to milk this for everything mm. it's got, and if they get him to a thousand days with these belts then they have a fuck-ton more merchandise sales to be made. There's literally, like, there's just more milking the feud than they could do. Does it get annoying, some of the rematches and some of the false finishes and bullshit? Yeah. But, I mean, maybe Cody is held off of him until SummerSlam. Maybe they don't have another match until then. Or maybe they do, something happens. It's not clean. Roman's just like, you know, fuck it. Like, I'm no, I'm not doing it again. I'm not wrestling him again. But maybe it's a one last chance kind of deal for Cody like by the time he finally pulls it off. Um, but as the days are going on, it makes more sense like I have other questions like why didn't Asuka go over Bianca? you know what I mean kind of thing yeah. Um, yeah that one really bummed me out yeah. and not even that I don't like Bianca yeah like I think Bianca's talented and that's the thing. I'm like Bianca is inevitably she's gonna pick up the belt again. I knew that would be the case, I was just like, seemed like a good time to put it on Oscar for a while. She was hot off a of return, she was kind of rebranded, her character was a little different, people were behind her. Why not? But Yeah, the whole Roman thing, it was more just shocking, I feel like, than yeah. anything. It was like, and they could have been trying to go for the twist, though, you know, what we were talking about earlier. And, you know, the more we thought about it, the more it made sense from a storyline standpoint of Cody facing the heartbreaking loss and more adversity. And the only thing that's bothersome about, like, this Roman reign is that it's like, man, the bloodline almost gets involved too much, you know? Yeah. It's It's like he can't ever have a clean fucking win. Yeah. Technically, like, in this match, like, they all got involved with Cody. Mm -hmm. I mean, KO and Sammy came out, too, but that was only in response to the Uso, so it was like, Roman is meant to be this dominant motherfucker, but at the same time, when are you going to give him a win where he doesn't need his whole fucking bloodline to get it? I just think they're going to milk this until he gets a thousand days, like, they're put in a position where they've made the profit off of it. I think what I was saying also is, like, it seems like it makes sense from a business standpoint to be like, okay, well, this has been our guy for a while, like, he'll stay the guy through the, you know, the merger and all this shit. And, like, the merger added such a different element to all this. And so it's like, where the fuck did that come from? Oh, Vince is suddenly back in charge of this shit and that shit. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, nobody even knows yeah I know it seems like the company's like in freaking upheaval over the but the it seems like buyer. people are really into the product right now like, yeah I know that's the thing the fact I that really that hope it doesn't change because it seems like things are on a upswing the th- like with AEW I feel like it it awoken a lot of WWE fans to be more, you know, passionate and invested in the product because, like, I feel like shows got so much fucking more exciting all around once, like, AEW just kind of sort of rising up and rising up and rising up and, like, Mm -hmm. and then eventually with this Triple H shit, too, is, like, he knew he was tapped into, like, the the pulse of what the audience... Not that you give them everything you want because you also don't instant gratify the whole time, like... But I've also heard things that make sense about holding off the Cody match that he actually goes over, like, because it'll make it more fulfilling in the end. Like, there's more money to be made with the chase, they say. Mm -hmm. And, like, what it, you know, I I referenced a few episodes ago um, how Nash always said that and shit. It's like, there's, it's just better whenever there's a heel champion a face, you know, chasing after the belt. Because, like, you can't, you probably, because of those reasons, you can milk it for a while and everything, and it's just, like, the payoff's huge. And I think maybe there's just, they're really... They're really trying to, like, they know they can make more off of this payoff. And plus, get them to a thousand days, print all the fucking merch in the world. Because, yeah, like, after the payoff of the face, too, it's like, after a while, does it get stale, or people are like, alright, well. Because people are, they desire the face to have that moment of conquering the fucking asshole heel that's been just terrorizing their life, you know? Yeah. But then once they do that and they move on and then they're the champ, it's like, you have to keep things interesting and it's harder to have the heel, like, I'm taking that title, you know? I mean, it happens all the time and it's still good a lot of times, but... It's I, the same thing, I can't even think about Kevin and Sammy winning the belts. So is it... Is the payoff going to be better than the run with the titles, you know? Was that match gonna be the highlight of it? Yeah. It's like because now they are the champs. Where are you gonna go? They can't just face the Usos forever. <laughs> no, I don't even. I think the Usos should just not be in the involved in the picture for a minute. Like yeah. after that, they have the belts forever. <laughs> I don't know who they're going to face, though. That's the thing, is there's only a limited amount of tag teams. It's like... I know, unless you get three people thrown together and shit like that. And then it doesn't even feel fucking... It's not a good storyline, then, because it doesn't feel, like, organic, because you just toss two... You can put two people together and make it, like, good, but it has to have a storyline going into them being partnered together, you know? Mm. You can't just be like, Oh, Braun Strowman and Ricochet, they had one little thing happen, and now they're a team, you know? Um... Like it actually makes sense, obviously Kevin and Sammy because they've been fucking known each other forever. Yeah. Yeah. And been, that new, like, and been friends and been, you know. Yeah. It's kind of the the brotherhood thing. Like they just again and again, it's like you can tell that story over and over. Like they come together, they grow apart. Like they rival each other. You know what I mean? Like and then just kind of the Matt and Jeff thing. So. What was yours? Uh, Roman going over at Mania? Oh, um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say fair because here's the thing: could their, could their payoff? Could it disappoint us in the end? It's still very much good, but if they're right and they milk this a little longer and it's a better payoff than it was, the whole problem is: WrestleMania is the biggest show of the year, and it's just like if you're not gonna do it there, like when are you going to do it in a credible spot for Roman to lose yeah. the belts you know what I'm saying like, in like SummerSlam I mean I don't know because that tells me like at least like that's the only next credible you know huge event that I that I can see that fucking happen yeah, that, him. that he would drop it yeah and even then it's like is the Cody win as big it didn't happen at you know Wrestlemania but then again maybe Cody defends the belt at Wrestlemania next mm-hmm. year I don't know. Yeah. I don't. That's the thing, like, as soon as he won at Mania, that was my first thought. I was like, Is this dude gonna hold the belts till next WrestleMania now? You know? And if so, is that going to be stale by then? Yeah. Well because what beyond the Sami Zayn storyline, how how much better could that get... So people were so invested in that, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, like, an unlikely thing. That just was, became the it biggest just, thing. It, it became, like, such an important layer to, like, that entire uh, bloodline situation. He's probably just partnered up with him originally because he's a big talent and they didn't know what to do with him. Yeah, 100%. That's what and, I thought do Then it just, the storyline just thickened and thickened, and it was like, he was doing their bidding, but he wasn't in, and then eventually he got frustrated with not being in, and it was like rifts in it. Like, it was just, it built up to the point of, once you knew that Roman and Kevin were going to face each other for the belt at Rumble, you're like, oh, this is where it's going to boil over, because... Sammy's going to have to do something to Kevin or he's not going to be able to do it. Like something's going to happen there. Because everybody knows Kevin and Sammy's like history. Even if you don't know their previous shit, they even had history within WWE at this point, you Mm -hmm. know? So that is kind of wild that they are like true, you know, friends who have known each other fucking forever this point wrestled all over the place oh yeah no and like i you know that's like another debate because i think like the the long-term gratification in that feud was just a major payoff and at the end of night one and it gave people hope that maybe man the whole bloodline was going to be unseated remember cody took the belt from roman and it just didn't happen no but they fooled you whenever they pulled that shit night one, and, like, you had the huge reaction to, to Zane and Owens winning. But, yeah, that was... Maybe, that was they're, maybe they're right. Event. Maybe they're right, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's more money to be made. Yeah, it was, like, the ultimate payoff and gratification at the end of night one. And then the ultimate, like, shock and disappointment I, at the end of night two. I'm not saying I'm... Because, like, the main event I'm starting to understand a little more as long as 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 long as what their goal is remains consistent and they don't just prolong this thing to do it. They're like, oh, his story's not over about Cody and everything. And it's like I am just not bought, like what I told you earlier, um, I'm not bought that he came back and he's not going to win the world title. You know what I mean? There's no yeah. way. There's no way. He's huge now. Like he's he's much bigger than he was, and like returning after it will he happen, will happen Another company, yeah. Um, he uh, absolutely. It's kind of wild because he became. You know, I was worried for him. Because I like Cody, you know. Yeah. I was worried for him when he came back originally at WrestleMania last year and faced Seth. I was like, man. I hope that he doesn't end up just falling into obscurity in the roster because there's so many people over here and, you know, there's a lot of talent already that they're trying to establish and Cody left forever and if there's some even, like, bad blood there or whatever, they're like, yeah, we'll take it back and they don't know what to do with them and they're just like, because he left AEW in hopes of doing some shit here, but he's saying, like, like the dude fucking main evented WrestleMania mm-hmm. the next year. You know? Yeah. Like, he honestly has had a hell of a year, so. And he was hurt a lot of it. Yeah. And he got hurt and was gone for months, so. If they can keep booking him strong and putting him in consistently big matches at their, like, premium live event shit, then, you know. I mean, now they got him involved in the situation with Brock. Yeah. Yeah. I guess he's going to face him at Backlash. So it happened, like, they're like, oh, well, you need a a partner or whatever, and then Brock's music hit, but then he came out and, like, acted like he was friends with them, and then he fucked Cody up? Yeah, it was like, at the beginning of the show, Cody was like, yeah, you got over on me last night, we both needed to get people involved, he's like, so I say, rematch right now, and stuff, and obviously that wasn't gonna happen. They always... And Roman's like, no, I'm not doing that. And he was like, well, let's do a tag team. Let's do something. Let's just have some sort of action then. And he, they like agreed and he's like, all right, well, it's me and Solo versus you and whoever you can freaking agree to be stupid enough to team with you tonight. And then Brock's music hit and he came out. Yeah. And that was at the beginning of the show. And then like later on in the show, it even, I could tell because it, First off, the main event didn't start till real late. I'm like, either there's going to be a freaking eight-minute match, or something's going to yeah. happen. Which means it was going to have a, a filthy finish. Yeah. Just a dirty, you know, something. <laughs> it's like, you're, yeah, not before, gonna, you're, you're not going to give main eventers a credible win or a, in that amount of time, most of the time. Mm-hmm. No. And I think they introduced, like, Roman and Solo, and then Brock got introduced, and then, like, him and Cody, like, even... They were even, like, like shaking hands and fist bumping and shit. I'm like, this is too much. They're doing too much, obviously. <laughs> they're fucking, they're going to turn on each other. Yeah, like, why would they? <laughs> why are they, like, best buds now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, before even Cody got done getting, like, introduced, Brock fucking hit him from behind. And then hit him with, like, three F5s. And the three of them? Yeah, and then Roman was like... Look confused as fuck in the ring. And he just, like, looked at Solo and Heyman. He's like, let's get the hell out of here. (laughs) And they just, like, left. And then Brock, for seriously, for, like, eight minutes, just, like, around ringside, just beat the fuck out of Cody. Like, germined him, threw him into the ring post, fucking, like, hit him with chairs, hit him with the ring bell, like, all this shit and then left, and then came back and beat him with his hair. Is Cody going to be, like, is he going to be able to get, you know, pull off, like, a convincing victory over Brock, though, if this is the way they're going? Because, here's the thing, they don't want people to lose hope in him. They want people to keep, you know, getting behind him and shit before if he's going to back Roman, if he's... Or he's going to have to beat Brock, you know. But that's what I mean, like, how do you do that? Like, how, like, he, it's... I don't know, they kinda of pin themselves into a corner, but you're probably I mean, gonna have to be like You can do the like Seth beat him in a few minutes because he went it was like a quick match and shit. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. But like that probably I don't I I'd don't see, see that, that, that would being happen. the way that happens. I feel like Brock would beat him down for a majority of the match and he would like find an opening and capitalize and take over and then fucking win pretty quickly after like a few big moves. Yeah. Because I feel like Cody would probably get the beat down from Brock rather than, like, outsmart him quickly and fucking... Oh, yeah. He just seems like that kind of guy that's like, Brock would just just rough him up and he'd have a lot of just kickouts and shit. Even from their shit on Raw, because, like, they tried to play it off too, like, Cody was a little banged up and shit from last night, you know? So then, like, it was easier for Brock to just fucking manhandle him all over the place. He was just, like, picking him up by his pants and, like, fucking throwing him pieces <laughs> and shit. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that might be the man should uh, backlash, right? It, it could be, yeah. And then it's probably gonna be, like, what, like, uh, Ray and Bad Bunny versus Damian and Dom. They, like... yeah. They played that up more on Raw, too. Yeah. Which was, I saw coming from a mile away, and anybody would have, too. Because it was like, Ray came out for, he came out to, like, talk about his win at WrestleMania. And he was like, and I want to thank you, Bad Bunny, because Bad Bunny was sitting ringside and stuff. And they interviewed Bad Bunny before Ray came out, and he's like, oh, you know, this weekend was a lot of fun. I had to get involved for Ray, but... Alright, I'm here just tonight as a spectator and as a fan. It's like, you wouldn't say something like that. <laughs> and Ray had a match with Austin Theory, and of course Dom and fucking Damian came down and distracted yeah. him. And then, like, Ray got the beat down, and then Dominic, like, pointed at Bad Bunny and shit, and then he pulled him out of the crowd, and Damian powerbombed him through the announce table. and So... It's, that's gonna be an obvious match. Yeah. Which, yeah. Didn't Ray, like, didn't uh, Damien and Bad Bunny, like, team up? Like, last year or some shit? At some point? I like, have no fucking idea. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. How many matches has Bad Bunny had? He's been in a few. Has he? Yeah. Damn. What the hell are we talking about? Weird. You said. Fair, I think. Yeah, the yeah, it's fair. Roman fair. Pretending. We'll see. I mean, if they have a plan, then okay, but I just, you know, they've got to be able to really, and that's the thing, a lot of people assumed that he would probably win, and they knew that. It's like, yeah. you're, you're going to use that to your advantage, and maybe score people or just be like, no, fuck no, it's not over, Like, and now Roman's had the belt and like defended it like three WrestleManias in a row. That's insane. Um, yeah, that's wild. But, uh, mine is, let's check it out over here. How about the importance of the mid-card title picture? Years ago, like, the Intercontinental belt, per se, was like a stepping stone. Like, oh, you win this belt, like, you're getting yourself over, you might be ready for the world title. Or if not now, a year from now or or something like that. Um... Yeah, it was kind of like the stepping it, was, it was the fucking the... workhorse title, man. Like, so many credible talents held the IC belt before mm-hmm. they held the world title or held the IC belt and, like, you know, never got a chance to hold it. Like, Owen Hart or, like, Razor Moan when Scott Hall was, you know, in WF mm-hmm. um, are two of the most notable ones. But, uh,. I don't know, I think, like, it is, it is the like, those are the, like, they always say that, the workforce belts and shit like that, and I think they're the ones that should be defended regularly, and you're just, you're the TV, like, that's kind of probably what the TV title is for certain brands and companies, you know, this is the one that's defended week in and week out, and it's, like, remaining, like, the procedures, just that it's always on the line, it's always a uh, in a belt of importance, you know. Yeah. Um, in that kind of limelight, because you're not gonna defend the world title on a fucking regular show often. And most of the time whenever you defend it on a regular show, it's not gonna change hands. You know, you know that. Um Unless you're fucking Kofi Kingston, you get fucked over. Yeah. Like well a five minute squat. The world title. You won't yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> fucked, yeah. On a smackdown. After you holding it for like Seven months. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, my. But, yeah, I mean, like we were talking about earlier, I think, like, those belts absolutely need to be defended every mania. Like, most of the belts should be. Yeah, I think they, like, that's one of those belts that should at least be on the line at every pay-per-view, you know? Yeah. Just because you should keep it credible, and the person that should hold it should have a certain prestige and rank within the company. Like, it should mean something for somebody to win that title. Yeah. You know? It shouldn't just be like a... Oh, like... I feel like in the early to mid-2000s for a while, they kind of just fucked around with the mid-title. A lot. Like, it just was never defended. Like, fucking Santino Morell held the U.S. title for, like, fucking six months. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was never on the pay-per-view. Sometimes it changed, like, when it changed, well, That list, was more it was towards on, like, Raw. That was more towards the middle to late 2000s. Because, like, yeah. in the early 2000s, I feel like it was still defended pretty prevalently. Yeah, like the 2010s. The yeah. early 2010s, it was like that. It was, like, sure. even, it was, like, remember whenever Dean held, like, because, like, I mean, he was obviously always a talent, like, John Moxley and shit. But, like... Didn't he have the U.S. belt that he just defended it like three times within like a fucking year or something? It was yeah, he didn't, it was he never did too much, yeah.
1: Now I mean, that's like they're doing or obviously. at
0: least Triple H's booking. Yeah, they've defended those belts more, like Austin Theory and Gunther. And see, you knew that more. was gonna be a bang up match. Like honestly, that Triple Threat was tremendous. Yeah, it was really well worked. And then yeah, like you have John Cena and the United States fucking title match. Mm -hmm. you know so it's like they seemed like they mattered at this Wrestlemania you know like it was like the fucking that IC belt the IC title match was just like yeah like knock down drag out fucking brawl of a match because it was like all the damn brawlers of the company the heavy hitters and shit which is awesome to see and then yeah to have like the US belt was like the young talent, and like, the seasoned vet, you know, coming back, which even that, it's like, WWE, I feel like WWE, that's the one thing they didn't do at this WrestleMania is they're, like, any of the people that won titles and kind of, like, or, like, retained their belts in kind of, like, skeezy ways, they just didn't mention at all. They're like, Awesome Theory beat John Cena. They didn't mention the fucking low blow. They didn't no. mention the knockdown of the referee. They didn't mention Theory tapping out. None of that shit. They were just like, Roman Reigns defending the belt. They didn't mention the Usos coming in or fucking Solo spiking goddamn Cody or any of that shit. Oh, yeah, it was fucked. So it's you knew like- <laughs> then that it was done. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> It's like yeah, I mean they retained, but like, you're not telling the full story. No. <laughs> but yeah, I think that the prestige has definitely been added more back in like very recent history with the mid card like yeah, title pages. compared to where it has been. Yeah, I agree. Which is neat to see, because they're also, like, look at the people that are, they're on, Austin Theory, somebody that they're, like, banking a lot of investment into, and he's an up-and-coming future. star, yeah. and, and then Gunther, who's, like, a rebranded, like, fucking established, like, fucking wrestler from all over the world, who's probably going to get a pretty big run in WWE yeah. soon, too. Yeah, so. probably compete for the world title this year, for sure, mm-hmm. at some point. So, I think that they're, like, moving in the right direction unless, you know, fucking Vince Disney decides to goddamn Yeah, no not joke. give a fuck about him anymore. <laughs> Just, like, always makes the moves you don't want him to make. It's like, this, <laughs> this is the worst thing you could have done. Yeah, I don't... There was definitely some decisions he's made where it's like, man... Come on. Like, and I'm talking mostly, obviously, like, the last 10 yeah. or so years. It's mainly been within... 10 or 12, even. Like, and there's been some really good shit within the, that, too. Yeah. But, like, just... Some of the shit, yeah, from, like, 2010 on has been, like, what are you doing? Why are you not fucking focusing on any of this shit? Or why are you not giving any of this attention? Or why are you, like investing and banking all your shit into this when nobody cares. When yeah. It just... Because he's got a vision and he's just... He needs it to fit that. <laughs> instead of, like, getting people over organically. It's a business, pal! Which I was, like, excited to start watching WWE again. Because fucking Triple H was doing a pretty damn good job. And I was like, damn, like... All these characters seem to be being built pretty well, and you're actually giving a fuck. And even if they're not on weekly television, everybody's staying like staying pretty relevant, and like, cre- like, the wrestlers themselves all seem pretty decently happy. Like some of them aren't the happiest, or like aren't happy with their current booking status and shit like that. But everybody, there was less complaints than Vince running, shit. You know? Yeah. Well, people appreciated like a. Uh, a fresh perspective, like plus Triple H was probably willing to hear people out a little more from a wrestler standpoint because yeah. he was a wrestler oh, yeah. for a long time. And that's and I, I think that's where his new ideas come into play. Like he appreciates, like, traditionally based, like just the way shit kind of was, like old school style, like, yeah. you know, uh, just from a wrestling booking standpoint. But he understands, like, things have changed with the times and, like, it's. He knows how to apply, I feel like, both, like, to get the best out of one another. You know what I mean? Like, he keeps the old school while he fucking uses the talent of now and puts him in that kind of limelight. He's really he's really fucking good at working with people like that, though, for sure. So, I mean, I guess we'll see. Like, does that mean that Triple H is unseated in his position, or how exactly did that transpire? I guess he's still got some power and creative, but he's not the head yeah. right now. So Just getting fucking jerked around and <laughs> fucking... Yeah, it's like, as soon as he just gets teased with it. It's like, as soon as he has control for a minute, it always just gets taken back. Oh my god. It's like, this time it doesn't even make sense, because it's like, Vince, like why would you even take it back when things were going <laughs> good? <laughs> it was going good. Yeah. People well, were pretty pleased with Mania. Oh it's going well pal I it's a good time for me to step in I mean night two it's like people weren't as pleased because they were you know expecting one thing yeah. yeah they were left or initially the initial reaction of people leaving were like night two bucket sucked <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it sucked no uh by any I means. think that most of the matches. We're pretty good in deliver. I mean, there was definitely there was definitely way was more some questionable matchups. results like in night two. Brock and Omas is what you expected out of Brock and Omas. You know. The women's showcase got a little messed up and was kinda clunky and meh. Freaking They killed those matches quick though. The IC belt good match. Oh yeah. It was solid. Bianca really and Oscar, good match, wasn't happy with the result. Yeah. The helmet of a Cell was good, but that injury even kind of made it a little off to what it could have been. I do think Edge deserved the the win though. Yeah. See, look at that. I said all three. There's no way all three are gonna go <laughs> it over. It was pretty uh two out of the three went over though, Edge Edge and Mysterio and then John yeah. lost. Which was kind of surprising to me. I only figured, if anything, maybe Ray would go over. And in my head, going into the weekend, I was like, all these guys might lose. It it seemed like Edge could win to me. But John, I just didn't know because I'm like, if he's not going to be around for a minute, there's no way he's picking up this belt. Especially because that's the belt you see more often because whoever the champion's bound to be these days is always off-air yeah so the like world champ yeah it's just they'll appear on like the Smackdown or Raw like before the pay-per-view and then after the pay-per-view and then they'll be gone between so yeah what do you uh, what do you think the importance of the mid-card title picture like to probably in recent history I'd say probably underrated yeah Honestly, like, probably yeah. It just because it, it does help it's, establish people too. Because then it's it like does. they want a fucking belt. They have gold around their waist and they're and it's usually a belt you defend in and out. Fucking, yeah, they're it, just they're able to put on more consistent matches with like better talent mm-hmm. with that that kind of belt, you know. So it kind of helps get them a little more seasoned in the business and then if they take the next leap, then they take the next leap, you know? So I feel like, yeah, it's definitely not about to just, like, toss on whoever then then, ah, oh, fucker will defend it in four months, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, like, why would you do that? I feel like they just didn't know what the fuck to do with those titles after a while. Yeah. They were just like, I mean, we're not going to, like, retire them we'll- What the fuck should we do? Just put him on somebody until we have another guy that we're trying to boost and then put it on him? (laughs) And I mean, you could still do that method, but just have the guy that has the belt defend it all the time. I that think way he seems more credible when he loses it instead of winning it and then not defending it for four months and oh, then yeah. losing it his first time defending it. Yeah, oh, he's held it for four months. But it's like, who did he beat? How <laughs> many matches did he have in there, you know? Um, but I think it's also, in ways, a trial run to see how you would handle, you know, a workload of, like, maybe a world title kind of situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're going to trust you with, the, oh, the U.S. belt for six months or whatever. Um. I mean, and you're obviously not in the same limelight, but it's in a in a smaller scale, it's still prestige, you know, to hold those belts and everything. Mm. And if you're defending it week in and a week out, and it's remaining relevant, people are talking about those matches, it's like, well, then it's as relevant as any fucking other title, because it's always, it's always, like, on the show, you know what I mean? Yeah. But... um I definitely think that I'm I'm glad in recent time they have started to care more about it, but overall there's a lot of damage to be undone from the years <laughs> that they really didn't give a fuck about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, they so got consistently book... It'll... If we stay on this track, long. it could get there, but... And you can even have vets pick up those titles every now and then yeah. to help keep the prestige of it. By, like a freaking... A Bobby Lashley is like a good one to hold you know, one of those belts and shit. Like, uh, guys like that yeah. help keep the prestige of it up when you're... And then you can have an up-and-coming guy beat fucking a Bobby Lashley, and it seems mm-hmm. like a big deal, you know? Instead of just beating a Bobby Lashley on a Raw and everybody fucking forgets about it, you have him beat him at goddamn backlash for the United States title, you know? See, I'd say it's probably a little underrated for sure. Yeah, that's... That's about what I think, too. All right, rolling into mine here. All righty. So, uh, getting legalized in more and more places in recent time, but still illegal in a lot of places. You always hear the betting odds on everything, though. So, what's your take on sports gambling? Um, I mean, honestly, I think it should be legal in all 50 states. So... Yeah. For the sole basis of that it isn't, I would probably say underrated. I'm um, like, I mean, I realize gambling can be, oh, it's this and that, and people have lost a bunch of shit. But it's like at the end of the day, especially if you're doing it. There's through, some people that shouldn't be fun Especially gambling. if you're That's doing it through true. legal systems and shit like that, then it's I mean, you can still have an addiction and it could you know get carried away and everything. But I do think like it's It's like, why is that not, like, you know, fucking, like, why wouldn't it be legal in all 50 states? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, because I guess now it's more of a professional thing, you know, where it's like DraftKings and all this different things, you can bet on sports, Mm -hmm. but back in the day it was mainly like bookies and shit. (laughs) So that's, like, what I feel like originally when the law was made to outlaw the shit anyways, it was made because of that. Because it was, like, illegal bookies and shit that worked for, like, the mafia and stuff. They were Mm -hmm. like, hey, you want to bet on the Yankees' Mets? You know? Yeah. And now it's, like, fucking DraftKings is doing it. So they probably need to revamp it for sure. Because it's, like, if you have a fuckload of casinos downtown in your goddamn cities in your state... Mm Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't sports gambling really be legal? Because it's basically the same shit. It's in like of the lottery, more money on things, except in sports gambling, yeah, you can actually win. In like the lottery, the casino, you can do all this other shit that's considered gambling, and it's just like what, like, why would sports gambling stand in the way you of that like, you offs. should be able to? So I mean, I stand by that. Um, same as rec legal in all fucking 50 states. Both should be legal in all fucking 50 states. Yeah. And At this point, yeah. It's like, you yeah. got it legal in this many states now. It's like, I don't think that that's going to mm-hmm. fucking... It has, has things gone to absolute shit in any of the states where it's legal? Yeah, that's what I mean. Then what does it really matter? It's like, why, why not? And like, you know, people are always going to fucking pay the price if they try to gamble. Like what you said before, you're like, it gets a little too much. Like, it's one thing if you have the money, because like, there's also people that just love the action. Like, they want to feel that adrenaline rush, like, oh, fuck, I got a hundred grand on this. But it's like, some people have a fuckload of money, so like, it doesn't matter. But for the people that put up everything, and you're like, I remember even one episode, you you might have mentioned it. Where people just like <laughs> like fuck if I don't win this I'm gonna lose the house. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how are you in that deep? I don't know, I, like just watching shows and stuff even where people, people are like they get these high stakes games, they're like, Oh, I got twenty five grand on the line in this game, I only got eight grand in the bank. I gotta win. It's like What the fuck is wrong with you? Some people are going to beat the shit out of you. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to fucking die. (laughs) Just shit like... Yeah, that's... I'm glad that I've never been much of a gambler, to be honest, because it just... I think it should be legal. I'm not the luckiest person anyways, and then... Well, you can apply knowledge to sports gambling. Yeah, sports gambling. That's the thing. I could win money probably in some sports gambling occasionally, but... Gambling, gambling, I've never fucking really done any of that, I mean, I've pulled a couple slot machines and shit, but nothing for any serious money, and, like, no, I'm happy for that, because there's people out there that just, for some reason, want the action and want the fucking feeling of, like, oh, fuck, I've gotta win this, like, it's just, like, an addictive (laughs) feeling, like. It's crazy, though, just to go there and just... It's like be at the fucking roulette table. I got 30,000 on black. It's like, dude, you need to go home before you fucking home as a box. Yeah, I would probably... I'd probably agree, though, like... Sports, especially, yeah, because, I mean, everything else is legal. Like, if you go to the horse track, you can bet on horse racing. If you go to a gas station, you can get lottery tickets and fucking scratch-offs. If you go to the casino, you can gamble your ass off in there. You can fucking lose everything in there. They don't give a fuck. So why wouldn't you just do sports gambling at this point? No, yeah, it's no, like, I don't think it makes it in like it's there's legal representation for it all over the place with the DraftKings thing. Like, you can still log in wherever you are and and figure it out and shit. But it's like, we're so, like, it seems like by now, it's like, you gotta fucking, come on. Like, what do these states, like, hold up? You know what I mean? Like, why would you be against it at this point? You know what I mean? I I just, I'm like, that for sure needs to be legal. And if they legalize it, some of them don't care because they don't actually have sports teams there, so it's not as you know prevalent a yeah. thing. But like, I mean, Wyoming or fucking fans, Idaho or any of that shit. sports fans in those states. That there I'm is sure like to do it. There is, but it's like if they freaking legalize sports gambling, then they damn sure need to let Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame after they do it. Yeah, <laughs> he should be. Is. Why isn't he? He should. <laughs> is he in the WWE Hall of Fame? He is. Yep. He? Oh, the yeah. Thing they let him in that one. Yeah, he got two to by Kane, like, three fucking WrestleMania's <laughs> in a row. Um. 100%. PD Rose. The ultimate sports gambler. Who was another? Wasn't it Calvin Ridley? The Falcons wide receiver they got. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure he's the one they got, uh. Suspended for a year for gambling on sports. Like, that was like last year, he had to sit out all year for it. Because he bet on, like, I don't even remember. I don't think it was a game they weren't even involved in. Oh, my God. Well, I, are the rules different for players, though, I guess? I'm sure. But even yeah. still, like, if you're betting on your team to win... Or a game that your, your team's not involved in at all? That, should it still matter? <laughs> like, yeah, it should matter if you're betting against your team. And it oh, you, yeah. no, that's Then hard. that should matter. <laughs> See, and, and Pete said that he always betted on his team to win, not lose. Yeah. And honestly, like, I believe him. Like, I don't think... Because, yeah, look at his stats... I don't think he was betting against himself in his career. No. He was fucking killing it. Oh, he has more and hits, has has more hits than anybody the fuck else. He, he has, has he over 4,000. And you know yeah. why he probably has the most hits on anybody? Because he was betting on his games. <laughs> he, he was going out to. there and playing his ass off. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he needed it. What do we but got do here? Dan, 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 dan. <laughs> oh man, you got a good one for me? Fuck, I don't really have much to be honest with you. No, I'm gonna I'm I, on the fly here. Well, if you got something, if you don't, <laughs> then we'll just transition. Oh man. About uh I don't know, I was thinking about uh some food items earlier. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was too actually, but I just was like, yeah, I don't want the bird. Yeah. Yeah, um, food for. I know, like what what are we thinking here? What do you think of... Uh, there's endless food out there. Uh, there's endless fucking shit, man. <laughs> what do you think of... Well, I, I like, honestly, and I love Mexican food and margaritas, so, like, lately I've dabbled back in, went out to eat a few times. Um, what do you think... Let's just start here. Well, I'm sure we'll just talk about other bullshit anyway. What do you think of uh, the queso dip? Mexican restaurant. Oh, I love fucking queso. Do you always order it? Like, do you fucking... I don't always order it, no. I mean, I'll even get the jars of the shit sometimes. The tuxedo shit. Get my own chips. Eat it home. Queso's fire. I got. Qdoba the other day. Some queso and the burrito and shit. Yeah, mm. <laughs> Mexican food. It fucking slaps, man. It can. Unless they put fucking 90 right. onions and peppers in the dish. No, it always does! <laughs> and then I'm like, what is this? I can't even taste the meat because it's sandwiched between 14 peppers. But, <laughs> 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 but, no, honestly, like everything flavors into each other in Mexican food. Like they just, yeah, it's, it's all just good. one big pot of flavor. Oh, it's so, so good. good. <laughs> it just all blends into so one. So good. <laughs> But, like, marg is a dip. It's like, and honestly, even if you do the free chips with the with the queso dip, you, like, dip one into the other. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's a good combination, too. Queso dip is good. That's the thing. At Mexican restaurants, though, it's like, I never got it growing up, and I have a hard time buying it now for the simple fact that they give you free things of salsa while you're waiting for your food anyway. So it's like, I'd like queso, but why would I pay for it if I got free fucking tubs of salsa and chips I like you're know. So I end up eating a fuckload of the salsa yeah. every time. Because it's already there. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, it's in case it tastes so good. Everybody. But it's like, do I need to pay for the fucking three to five bucks for the cup of it or should I just eat this free ass salsa they're going to keep bringing to me? Yeah. Well, I mean, they'll catch it and be like, hey, what the fuck you doing? You gonna order some food? Or... <laughs> I yeah, don't right? know. I mean, if, if you, you order drinks, or if you're just drinking and eating chips and salsa, I don't think they give a shit. And yeah, if you order food and you're waiting on it and you run out of salsa, they'll keep bringing the shit out. When me and Justin went to that, uh, like, it was, well, it was like Mexican place. It almost seemed like there was, like, Mediterranean kind of food or whatever the fuck there, too. But, like, I got, like, some fish tacos and shrimp tacos. Different shit, like, oh my god, they're so good. You go to, like, the authentic, like, the really fucking good ones. Yeah. Or, like, out in California. Oh, man. The f- the flavorfulness is unmeasurable, man. It's like, Texas, too, has some... I remember when we went to Texas, Tyler's uncle, like, was adamant about us eating at this fucking Mexican place. He's like, oh, we gotta go there. He rushed us. Tyler probably <laughs> appreciate this fucking story because we talk about the shit all the time. But, like, his uncle took us out that day. <laughs> he, like, took us to the, the site where JFK was shot. And we, like, wanted to park on the road to, like, kind of look at it. because said, X is on the road. And, like, you could look up in the window where Lee Harvey was apparently, you know, at. If you fucking believe that. <laughs> and he was, like, just didn't want to stop. So he's, like, flying through. He's like, all right, there's the X on the road up there, the window up there, I'm going to leave Harvey Oswald, what was that? And then we were, like, back on the on-ramp to the <laughs> We were all, like, looking out he the back window and shit. Roger, like, later that night was, like, kind of drunk talking about it, just laughing his ass off. He was, like, I was trying to look out my back window to see the X, and he was back on the fucking on-ramp already. <laughs> <laughs> He's like he had to take us to his hole in the wall Mexican restaurant. Jeez. But it was damn good. Was it? It was. It was like that authentic Texas fucking Texas they fucking know how to eat, man. Like everything oh, yeah. was everything was just fat down there. Like I mean like orders of shit. Yeah. Like the, the hot wings, everything was sauced up and like everything would look so delicious like when I was down there. Um for that weekend. They do just it's like the whole everything's bigger in Texas. Like yeah, even the yeah. dishes. Yeah. Like a lot of the times they just they just slop all the shit together, but it's like it is so often cooked fucking delicious. Haley would hate that shit. What? She's always complains about like the portions in America being too big. She always like you don't have to l- eat waste it. Waste a little bit of her food. She's like I can't eat all this. Like I mean. I get it, but at the same time, I'm like, I if I'm out eating somewhere and it's, you know, semi-expensive or it's like sit down and I have a big portion, like, for some reason it's just in my core to try my damnedest to eat as much of it as I possibly can. And then I feel just bad. <laughs> <early> afterwards. <laughs> oh yeah, no, you're trying to get full, but you're not trying to get sick. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh but you never know where that line is until you're forty five minutes I can hardly move. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. <coughs> Mexican's good about doing that shit dude. Mexican Chinese places like that where you like go and just fucking eat a pound of food and you're like, God damn it. Yeah, whereas like you get one of these fucking <coughs> hamburgers and like you're hungry as shit an yeah. hour later. I mean You will be with Chinese food, too, because for some reason, it just, you don't stay fucking full with Chinese, like rice and shit, you just, you eat a fuckload of it, it fills you up quick, and then like 40 minutes later, you're like, I could finish that now. Because, Mm. I I don't know why, there's something about it, it like bloats you, but then it's like, alright, we're all, we're all out of your system now, (laughs) in like 30 minutes. But yeah, oh, man. I don't. Know. <sighs> queso dip. It might be a little underrated, to be honest with you. Because yeah. I fucking love queso dip, and I feel like it gets kind of outshadowed by the salsa and the It does. I see a lot of people order those still, but it's to me, it's not a like it's really really good, but it's not always a must-have because I'm like I'm happy with the salsa. Yeah. You know. But I mean, I like I probably prefer queso to salsa, but salsa's. Generally offered more places. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, like I said, I'll buy the little jars of Tostitos, like, queso dip occasionally and stuff, and that's always damn good, but, yeah, it's probably a little underrated, because when it comes to, like, the Mexican dipping sauces, it's salsa and guac are, like, probably the tops, you know? Yeah. Um, I would probably say. Good old Mexican, though, man. I am such a fucking fan of Mexican food. I mean, (laughs) I'm a fan of a lot of different types of food. There's, like, a lot of American food that we fucking love, and, like, hot wings and burgers and this and that. I guess pizza is, like, Italian, technically, but... Dude, we've done American pizza. American eyes. We've, so we've, we've done fair. pizza a lot differently, too. Plus, I'm sure there's, you know. Well, yeah, we've added 14 different. Every city has oh, a yeah. version. It's so. But it's so good. And like hot dogs and hamburgers and brats and all that shit. But I like a little bit of everything. Like, and there's just. And I stand by. I'll try anything. Like, fuck it. Like, somebody's like, oh, you should try this. It's a this, a, you know, this and this thing. Whether it's American or whether it's whatever. It's like, I, fu- you know, what do I have to lose, you know? Why yeah, I'll give something fried? a shot unless it just looks absolutely repulsive. Yeah. The thing is, a lot of times it's a texture thing with me, too. Like, I'll you try like oysters? things. oysters? You ever try it? I haven't even tried them because I'm scared to try them because I've The texture is like a loogie. Fuck. They're like a loogie in your mouth. And I'm like, hey, I don't think I could do it then. It's like a raw egg. You ever I drink a like sl- raw egg? I like slimy shit, man. No, fuck no, I haven't drank a raw egg, because why would I? <laughs> you never trained like Rocky? No. Because <laughs> it's not the fucking, night. it's not 1970, and if you wanted to train, you'd have much better the <laughs> <laughs> Dude, eggs are pretty fucking universal. Plus, well, drinking raw eggs, so you want to get shit. salmonella? No, I, I mean, mean, you know... <laughs> You'll be right. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) You're getting a great value, eh? Probably not. I don't know. Oh, man. Well, shit. Anything else you want to get to before we roll off here? I think we touched on a lot of recent shit that's been going on for the most part. I think so, too. So... Well, we'll be fuck. back soon, anyway. Oh, yeah. You know, we'll be back really soon. Um, I mean, fuck, yeah. We fired him out in the 70s, man. We took it as no joke. Fucking took no prisoners. Brought everybody on. Delivered them some quality episodes. So, hopefully everybody's loving those. tuning in. Um, and now we've started on the 80s. This was episode number 81. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have another special edition episode coming up for you here shortly with... Episode oh, number eighty two. So you'll uh, you'll all see what that's all about soon enough. Yep, yeah, the exciting shit. So coming soon. Well, hopefully everybody's taking care out there. We will be seeing you soon and uh have a great week. Peace.